Pride Month is a time to celebrate the various identities that make up our wonderful and diverse community. It is also a time to reflect on and honor the powerful contributions of those who've come before us. We stand on the shoulders of giants. James Baldwin, Larry Kramer, Bayard Rustin, Sylvia Rivera, and Marsha P. Johnson. To them and countless other trailblazers, we are humbly indebted and forever grateful. If you'd like more information on the movement or recommendations on how you can help, go to blacklivesmatter.com partners. In these dark and difficult times, we hope that this episode brings you a little bit of joy and light. Welcome to this special Pride Month episode of the Big Gay Fiction Podcast. I'm Jeff. And I'm Will. Audiobook narrator Joel Leslie has never met an accent he didn't like. His properly posh vocal stylings have been put to very good use in the historicals written by Cat Sebastian. Today, he's sharing some of the work he's done on a cozy mystery that I particularly enjoyed, the book Hither Page. Joel, welcome back to our Pride Festival. Hello, happy Pride again. Again. I'm very happy to be, I'm very happy to be here. And it's, you, like the, it's like the parade went round the street and now we're coming back to Jeff's house and here I am. I like how that sounds. Yeah. Or we're coming back to your house. It, it's a long parade from your house in Orlando. <laughs> <laughs> so this time out, you've picked a book that is completely different from your first completely book. Completely different. I wanted to pick something that I do in an accent because that's my usual bread and butter. But primarily, I really thought it would be fun to highlight the work of Cat Sebastian because not only is she an insanely brilliant writer, but she manages, I think I've done five, I think I've done five or six books for Kat now. And each time, each book that I've done for her sort of focuses on a different facet under the, the LGBTQ spectrum. And, and what's extraordinary about what she does is she writes historicals and people usually shy away from the challenge of writing gay romance in historicals because it's pretty difficult to come up with a plausible happy ending mm -hmm. because of, you know, the realities of history. But she always does it in a way that never feels false or insulting to the reality of the times that, that people would have had to live through. And, and what I love is she always writes books with this, with, with an underlying deep, important issue. You know, she'll, I did one that had a transgender character, one that had bisexual characters, one that had that dealt with interracial an interracial gay relationship and what that meant historically. This one we're going to talk about Hither Page deals with PTSD after World War One for two men. But it's like she'll choose something on, in that world of an underpinning of, of depth and then on top of it, create these beautiful frothy, wonderful, witty, fun characters that are so leveled and so lovely to, to bring to life that it never feels like it's an issue book. And I think that's incredibly impressive. You know, they have depth, but they're just brilliantly entertaining and just such a joy to narrate. And my favorite thing as a reader personally is Cozy Mysteries. That's my kind of crack. And when she wrote one, I went after it like a rabid dog and she let me do it with her. And it's a world it's right after World War One. One of them is sort of a you get the sense that he's a sort of a spy and he ends up at this small British village with a country doctor. 
And it's this lovely, cozy mystery. And it's, but both of them are dealing with the emotional fallout of having been in the trenches and having been in World War One. And it's brilliant. It's brilliant. And she, and, and there's some marvelous supporting lesbian characters in it too, that were great fun to voice and have a great arc, a great story arc. But anyway, it's, it's, I think she truly is a, a great author who brings to light all the aspects of the rainbow flag. And I really think that's extraordinary. And, and um, I'm lucky to voice for her. So that's what this is. Hither Page. James had stepped wholesale into the role of country doctor with the relief of stepping into a warm towel after a cold bath. But imagining it through Page's eyes made him feel like a child who had been caught trying on his father's shoes. I would have thought you'd have a housekeeper and a hot dinner waiting for you, Page remarked, hanging his hat and coat on pegs behind the door. A village woman comes in every morning to clean out the surgery and twice a week to make a couple of suppers and tidy up downstairs a bit. James peeled off his own coat and hung it beside Page's, then put his black bag on the floor beneath. The bag, too, had been the old doctor's. He stepped into the kitchen, then lit the stove and put the kettle on the hob. But tonight it's tinned soup and cold sandwiches. Page shot him a frankly flirtatious glance. Are you inviting me to stay for supper? James hadn't thought that far. He glanced at the can of soup that sat beside the hob. He had meant to warm it up and eat it alone at the kitchen table while solving that day's crossword and listening to the wireless. That was how he spent his evenings when he wasn't invited out to dinner or called away to a patient. He was dimly aware that he wanted Page to be several hundred miles away. Moscow or Bolivia or wherever people like him plied their trade, but also simultaneously in his bed. The middle ground of sharing a meal with him alone in an empty house seemed dangerously intimate. I'm not sure whether I'm inviting you for supper or trying to treat a hypothermia case, he said, striving for lightness. Here, I'll go lay the fire and you pour the water when it boils. Tea is in the cupboard, cups are by the board in the sink. Can you manage, or are your hands numb? Page's expression was amused. You do realize I'm no stranger to uncomfortable conditions, don't you? I didn't spend my youth snug by the fire. James was struck anew by the fact that he had a spy in his kitchen. He half expected his windows to shatter with an exploding shell, the air to fill with the smell of smoke and death. He ran his hands over the rough surface of the old refectory table, keeping his gaze locked on the faded wallpaper with its cheerful roosters presiding over baskets of improbably grouped flowers and fruits. Neither did you, Page added. We were both very busy for a few years there, I dare say. But the war is over now, he said softly, and James looked over, startled. Unsure how Page had known precisely what was in his mind. He supposed spies made it their business to read minds. You're safe, Page went on. It's not about that, James said, knowing he sounded petulant. I'm not worried about my own safety. And rationally, he wasn't. It would just be extremely convenient if his entire brain could get on board with that knowledge. He swallowed. I was going to get filthy drunk tonight. Don't let me stop you. But what were you going to be? Uh, drinking about. 
James debated a convenient falsehood, but more deception was the last thing he needed in his dealings with Leo Page. I don't like your being here. A shadow passed across Page's face. You aren't meant to. It's an ugly business. Sometimes I don't like it much myself. But it's necessary. Like cleaning out the chimney. I don't mean the... He gestured vaguely. Spycraft or what have you. What I don't like is what it means. It's as if the war didn't end and never will end. How do we go on knowing that people are willing to blow one another up again and again? Cut one another to bits? Twice in half a century, Page. Are we going to keep doing this? No, Page said swiftly, as if he had already thought about this. No, there are atom bombs. That changes things. James thought he was going to be sick. That's not comforting. It's not meant to be. Listen, Summers. War isn't the worst thing people are capable of. The people I killed in the war, most of them at least, were Nazis. The men you patched up, you did it so they could go out and kill more Nazis. Some things are worth the blood and guts. I know that, James protested. But how could he explain that sometimes when he shut his eyes, he saw nothing but death? Nothing but the piles of gore and flesh that people turned one another into. My head is a mess. Page stepped closer. That's all of us, mate. No, I assure you that I'm farther gone than most. And I wasn't even a soldier. All I did was, as you said, stitch people up. What right do I have to... No. Page laid a hand on his shoulder. What you're not going to do is talk about shell shock or combat fatigue or brain fuckery as if it's a special treatment that you haven't earned. James huffed out a startled laugh. I know that, thank you. I... Shut up. Page was very close now, his hand still heavy on James's shoulder. He smelled of cigarette smoke and hair pomade, second-hand shops and shaving soap. All James needed to do was lean in, angle his head, and they would be kissing. So I'm so glad you decided to highlight Cat. Will loved Hither Page. I loved so, so much the other book that you did in, in her other series with Gentlemen Always Keep Score. And that's the one with the... That's my... It's one of my favorite books I've ever done. Yeah, just um, extraordinary. I, I, but, you know, all of her books are stellar. But Gentlemen Never yeah. Keep Score also just blew my mind. Yeah, not just a homosexual relationship, but you added the, the interracial, and it was just like yeah. incredible. And, and I got, and I got to voice Idris Elba for half a book, which was kind of. <laughs> I was like, even I feel sexy as as Idris Elba. <laughs> and I'm so glad you highlighted some historical in here too, because as you said, they're much more difficult to tell those stories in that time, and Cat does it so so well. Yeah. So between your two nom de plumes. You've voiced hundreds of books and no doubt hundreds of LGBTQ characters at this point. We're over, we're over 200 LGBT books at this point, definitely. Which is just incredible. What does it mean to you as a gay man to get to bring voice to all of these characters? Um, it, it, means, it means an awful lot. The thing that excites me so much about... about being a narrator for this kind of material is that I always imagine doing it for someone who's 
trying to come to terms with coming out and they can have something on their iPhone and be listening in their headphones and it can be a very private liberating experience for them. Do you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like before, before it can, it can help them on their journey and give them confidence and hope and optimism um, and inspiration. And I think that's really amazing. And so especially the YA that I get to do, it really hits me in the feels for that reason. But simply getting to give these characters a happy ending that certainly, you know, when I was 14, 15, 16, wouldn't be nearly as plausible mm -hmm. is an incredible, it's an incredible gift. And I'm also really thrilled that the quality of narrators bringing life to this work is really special. You know, you've got really talented guys who who make the commitment to the genre and and really do justice to it. And I think I'm I'm in a very privileged band of of talented gentlemen who who are thrilled to to voice these stories. So I'm very very lucky. And I think it's amazing to have so many allies out there that don't even fall under the under the LGBTQ flag, but are passionate, passionate allies and embrace these stories and care about them and care about the people they represent. And that's kind of mind blowing in a way. You know, it, it's really it, it's really extraordinary. I'm I think it's it's really lucky and and really wonderful when you discover new queer authors and new, you know, queer voices and things like that. So so recently I got to I got to narrate a book called The Astonishing Life of August March by a new queer writer named Aaron Jackson, um, who I'm obsessed with. And I'm so excited that there's new, like, I consider him a major literary voice coming on the scene and to sort of be on the radar to, to get to work with those authors. And his book isn't, you know, necessarily what you would call a gay book, but he, he heard my voice and he heard something and we, we have this weird, we're bonded together by camp, we have discovered. You know, he's he was also someone whose mother sat them down and watched them watch Auntie Mame at age 11. And you're like, <laughs> what, mother, what were you attempting to accomplish? <laughs> you know, no 12 year old needs to memorize Funny Lady, but I did. So we both kind of had this, this in, interesting thing and he heard that in my voice and I heard that in his writing. And it's, it's this, it gets to extend the family. Do you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. It's it's really it's a special privilege to get to give voice to to own voices material and to characters that don't get as much attention in mainstream as they should, but they're starting to, mm -hmm. which is amazing. It really does matter a lot to me. And because of you, August March is like very high on my TBR because if you're raving about it. You you're, you've brought me some really good books. I'm like I know I need I'm to read so that. Glad. So yeah, um, it's, it's it's really fun. Tell everyone how they can keep up with you online to keep track of all of the books that you put out. The easiest way I don't I, I kind of mash my 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 Joel Leslie stuff and my Joel Frumpkin together in social media together. I just I keep two separate names just for branding for people that are looking for material or not. So if you're looking for LGBT material, you always know Joel Leslie is what that material is. And Joel Frumkin is the other stuff. But you can find me on Facebook under Joel Leslie Frumkin. And Joel Leslie Fro is my Twitter. And yeah, so that's that's primarily me. 
Fantastic. We'll put that in the show notes along with the links to the books we've talked about here, obviously. Thank you again for spending a couple of segments with us for the Pride Celebration. We very much appreciate it. Oh, thank you for asking me. It's a real honor. Thank you for everything you guys do. We hope you've enjoyed this special Pride Month bonus episode. Remember that the pride that we have is something we carry within us, no matter the time of year. So be proud, be strong, and above all else, be you. Thank you so much for listening. For a complete rundown of this month's bonus content, go to BigGayFictionPodcast.com slash Pride 2020. Big Gay Fiction Podcast is part of the Frolic Podcast Network. You can find more shows you'll love at frolic.media slash podcasts. New episodes of this show are available every Monday wherever you get your podcasts. You can help support this show with a monthly pledge through Patreon. For more information about joining our community and the bonus content we deliver, check out patreon.com slash biggayfictionpodcast. I'm Kurt Graves. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next week.